not caring because you're not close to it or you haven't experienced it, that's apathy. So we have to be empathetic. We have to really have empathy towards our fellow human beings and know that each and every person is of intrinsic value. Welcome, everybody, to another brand new episode of SOS Shot of Sanity here on Adulting with Joyce Spring. She's Joyce Spring. I'm Aaron Atide. We have a, an, uh, a I would want to say, a very important episode today. It is? It, it is? I believe it is. I believe that this is an important episode because it is something that needs to be talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will be touching on some things that some people might find uh, very sensitive and to some extent, some people might not agree with a lot of things that we're going to say today, but that's what we're here to do. We're here to have a conversation, and a conversation is what needs to be done in our society right now. There are a lot of things that need to be talked about that aren't being talked about, especially with the way that the Filipino is. The Filipino, in general, does not like to talk about a lot of things. Do you agree with me on that, Joyce Spring? I totally agree, and I feel like it's it's also rooting from... Well, this culture of passive aggressiveness, yes. passive aggression rather, where you you don't want to really express what you feel, but you kind of side sweep towards it. That's mm. one. The second one is, um, I think now in, in the internet, it's hard to express what you think because once you oppose something, or even if you op- uh, even if you express something that is Correct. Or parehas kayo ng opinion ng isang tao. If you don't express it the right way, yes. like if you only po- post black tiles and you don't you don't speak up about it, then all of a sudden you're horrible. Yeah, still. Uh, to, to some extent, there was there were people that were getting mad that some people were using the wrong hashtag. Yes, which I I mean I am so and and this is what I think is happening to our current society especially with our the millennials and the younger ones right we're constantly disheartened by how people react to the way that we express our opinions and that's why it's difficult to stand by anything you stand by by something that they don't agree with they shoot you down you stand by this something that they agree with but you don't express it the right way they also shoot you down so where do you place yourself okay so two topics that we'll be doing today that's basically about the social injustices that's been happening not just in our country but all over the world yes riots happening in the states and a bill that's being passed here in the philippines that may just impede on the liberties of our citizens yes and to also put it into perspective let's not forget that there are a lot of things that are happening in happening in hong kong Mm -hmm. that pretty much yes that resemble a lot of things that could maybe be happening here as well in terms of some of the wording that some documents are being thrown around. So, uh, to to really lay it all out, we will be talking about what the anti-terrorism bill is, or it is being what it is being told to us. Because mm-hmm. I personally spent the entire morning trying to find a way to understand the anti-terrorism bill. On a legal perspective, on a, I, I tried to ask some of my lawyer friends to try and inform me on the legality of it and the legal terms that are going to be used because I want to be informed more than anything else. Uh, because if without being informed, we are making judgments 
that go beyond our understanding. And that's not the way that we should be living our life. So uh, we do have some bits of information here. Yes. And okay. You so, have a, a, a whole fast fact uh, sheet, right? Yes. So I got this from Impact Leadership PH. It's okay. a fast facts anti-terrorism bill. So the fast facts of anti-terrorism bill. Acts of terrorism. A. Cause death or serious bodily injury to any person or endangers a person's life. B. Cause extensive damage or destruction to government or public facility, public place, or private property. C. Cause intensive interference with damage or destruction to critical infrastructure. D. Develops, manufactures, possesses, acquires, transports, supplies, or uses weapons, explosives, or of biological, nuclear, radiological, or chemical weapons. E. Release of dangerous substances or causing fire, floods, or explosions. The penalties. Life imprisonment. For life imprisonment, this is what you would have done. Planning, training, preparing, and facilitating the commission of terrorism. Second one, conspiracy to commit terrorism. Third, recruitment to and membership in a terrorist organization. And then the second is imprisonment of 12 years. This is another penalty. And this is what you will have done. Threat to commit terrorism. Second is proposal to commit terrorism. Third is inciting to commit terrorism. Fourth, voluntarily and knowingly join any terrorist organization. And the last one is being an accessory to the commission of terrorism. Now, I was watching this uh, episode of Stand for Truth, which is uh, a show that I was part of in G- that I am a part of in GMA News. And uh, Richard Haydaren, who is a political analyst in Atom Araujo, were talking about this. And basically, what they're saying is the anti terrorism bill naman is well intentioned. And detailed, mm-hmm. but there is it is broad enough, and there are a lot of discrepancies that the conspiracy to commit terrorism and the term terrorism could actually be synonymous to activism. Yes. Now, where this is coming from, why the anti-terrorism bill is being amended and added to the existing Human Security Act of 2007 is because of like a lot of the threats to the Philippines, right? The, the entry of ISIS in the Philippines. Uh, what they were saying is that the existing legal and national security infrastructure was not enough to deal with it. That's why they have to add this anti-terrorism bill in the future para mas maprotektahan din ang Filipinos. But the problem is, the critics are calling this the monster law because it actually has a, the capability to shut down the critics of the government. So they could say that conspiracy, a threat, proposal to commit terrorism, inciting terrorism, voluntarily and knowingly joining a terrorist quote-unquote organization could also be amended as something that someone who is an activist or who is actively against the government is. So, pwede silang mahold imprisonment for 14 days. If, for example, you protest or you rally against the government, they could, what the human rights lawyers are saying, brand that as terrorism. It's detailed enough, but it's actually too broad that acts of activism could still be called an act of terror. Yes, because of the fact that not uh, and, and 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 this is not just being at rallies. This is not just nakikibaka ka yeah. if there's going to be a rally. What's also included is if you share things online, mm-hmm. if you tweet things like that, 
and and even memes memes will be considered as part of this whole thing now the one thing that that when i started reading up on it and going through all of the things that people were saying from the human rights to the people from the government to to ping lakson who wrote it to you know everybody that was saying like oh you know uh, the, from the detractors to the people that are supporting it okay the one thing that i really picked up on is that it is very convenient to whoever is reading the law yes because there is a lot of different ways that it can be interpreted so for instance if somebody says i am not a destabilizer i am not somebody that is is out there rallying or or protesting or setting things on fire like we are seeing everywhere in the states right now if you are arrested okay this is what things can happen before there needed to be a warrant for your arrest there needed to be proof or at least there needed to be uh, uh the the judges or the the government to say okay we need to investigate this person and there is signs that this person is breaking the law so we need to investigate and therefore lead to an arrest now there does not need to be any warrant for your arrest at all and you can be held up to 14 days in jail based yep. solely on the feeling and interpretation of people that are uh, uh, in official uh, like officials in public office mm-hmm. so it doesn't even need to be people that are in the police or people that are in the army or anything like that as long as a person is the, uh, an official they can immediately say this person can be held for 14 days without a warrant now what will happen if you are unlawfully uh quarantined if you are unlawfully arrested before if you could prove that you were not a destabilizer if you could prove no i am not trying to do anything you know it was i was just in the area you know it was nothing i am not you know trying to do like you were saying the acts of terror of being you know not trying to burn down a building or yeah. you know loot or anything like that before this law is passed you would have to be paid by the government half a million pesos if you were unlawfully detained Now they scrap that. So if if they just said, you know what, I feel like arresting Aaron Atide because he is, you know, unlawful because he I feel like he is going to set fire to a bridge. Yeah. Before I, if I could say and I could prove that I wasn't going to do it, I there was fear that from the government that okay, if we unlawfully arrest him, we would have to give him half a million pesos. Now that is gone. And that is what I think is going to be very very scary because people should not be afraid of their governments. Yeah. People should not look at this and say, you know, there's the government is going to do something against me for using my voice. And if it's just your voice, I don't understand what the problem is. That is my problem with the anti-terror bill. Everything else, I am completely fine. If you find somebody yeah. that is going to try and burn down a building or set off some chemical warfare and all that, by all means catch that fool. Mm-hmm. But if I'm asking for mass testing and when I say mass testing, I'm not talking about human testing. I'm talking about mass testing. As like not Let's let's be informed on what mass testing is by the way. It mass testing and human testing are different. So if I'm asking for mass testing, it is it, it's not 
it, it should not warrant me going to jail for 14 days. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's how I see it. Yeah, so that's precisely what Chel Diokno also was talking about in this article by Rappler. Uh, he's the chairman of the Free Legal Assistance Group. And he earlier pointed out that the bill would authorize a council of cabinet officials to tag people and groups as terrorists, as well as order their arrest and detention. Wow. This would mean that law enforcement would no longer need warrants, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. from courts to do these. And not found in the current Human Security Act of 2007, which we were talking about earlier, the the new bill would criminalize not just the actual act of terrorism, but also the threat to commit it. It includes planning, mm -hmm. training, and preparing for it, facilitate, facilitating it, and inciting to terrorism itself. Um, he, they said the anti-terror bill also legalizes guilt by association by penalizing yes. recruitment to and membership in a terrorist organization and at the same time providing for ex parte designation or prescription of persons or groups as terrorists. And here's the thing. Yesterday, they had, um, they finally approved it for, I think this is the second reading. Second right? reading, yeah. So, um, it was approved yesterday on June 2 uh, through a vote of A's and nays. The House of Mem the House members approved House Bill number 6875 or the Anti-Terrorism Act of 2020 on second reading. This means the measure only needs a third and final reading before successfully hurdling the House. Um, I love, I, I was actually scrolling through uh, Instagram earlier this morning and Victor Anastasio, who's a good friend of mine and who's also a comedian, uh, he posted something from the 1987 Constitution of the Republic of the Philippines, Article 3, Section 4, which says, No law shall be passed abridging the freedom of speech, of expression, or of the press, or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and petition the government for redress of grievances. Basically saying that this law should not be passed if it means that it will impede on the liberties of the Philippines' citizens. Yes. and So that's why people are up in arms and so angry on the internet. If you're wondering why your friends are so angry on the internet, why they're posting so much about it, it's because it's scary. Because the government can now look at this, for example, our podcast, right? Yes. If if, for example, we we released an article or, or an episode about, you know, making fun even of the government or of something that they might find. That's the thing. You can't even define it. Exactly. Something that they might find offensive. We could actually be tagged under this law. And that's that's the scary thing right there. I Leaving it up to interpretation is the most unlawful thing that you can do that's the beauty of law that's what law is there needs to be in writing what it is because if you leave it up to interpretation that's where things get murky um and that's what we're seeing in hong kong where the protesters are so angry that they cannot voice out their concerns and that's what is going to happen to them they can't say what they want and if you are going to be silent and you know, it's it's really funny because I was watching I was watching Stephen Colbert, one of my favorite hosts. Uh, he's very you know very strong political um, night uh, um, late night host in the U.S. and he quoted John F. Kennedy, um, and he said, "Those who make peaceful revolution impossible make 
violent revolution. Oh, what was that? Oh, no, 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 not probable. Uh, uh, there you go. Those who make peaceful revolution um, impossible make violent revolution inevitable. And he was saying that because that's what was happening in the U.S. And the entire time, I'm the entire week, ever since the whole George Floyd situation in the U.S. Um, exploded onto a national level where we are now seeing all 50 states in the U.S. having protests, not necessarily rioting, but all 50 states in the U.S. are all protesting and we're seeing it in Berlin and all that. It is because they are voicing their concern. Now, what if something like that happened in the Philippines? Could we not do that? Under this bill, we can. We technically. can't. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, the the horrible thing about the anti-terror bill is that it could be moved and 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 changed into so many ways that it would work for the the person who's holding the bill and who yes. has the right to 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 apply the law and it it actually takes out a lot of the liberties of our our citizens and and one of the things that I think we really need to find in in making laws especially in a democracy is we need to find the balance between basic civil liberties and freedoms with national security you can't choose either or because mm-hmm. then we'll be a totalitarian country and that's not what we want and um it, it's hard it's really hard but it takes a lot of time and and the worst part is we're doing this in the middle of the pandemic like yes. i don't understand why we have to do this in the middle of a pandemic in a crisis where our economy is plummeting people are losing their jobs businesses are closing why is this what we're doing right now i i i don't know the answer to that but the way the way that it is coming across is I there are times where I am looking at what are what we're seeing in our country and it's like it's reacting to what is happening around the world. Mm. They're seeing that there is a lot of protests and an uproar in other places around the world, and it feels like what they're trying to do is make sure it doesn't happen here. And as as a Filipino, as somebody that looks at that, I just came from the streets and I saw so many people begging for money and, you know, and asking for help. And this is the thing that is most important. It, mm. it doesn't seem right. And when, when the Filipino stops being passive aggressive, we have overthrown two presidents when our passive aggression has stopped. And I think that that is what they don't want to see anymore. The fear of the loss of passive aggression, where it becomes actual aggression, is so scary for the people that might be making this. I don't, I don't know. I don't have the answers. This is all just what, you know, somebody that is often inside his own head is trying to think about and trying to deduce. But it is scary to know that there are people that are being thrown aside in what they need in their life right now. And this is the thing that, that our leaders are looking at to be more, more important than that. Yeah. I think there's a lack of empathy and compassion in, in the Filipino people who are suffering right now, who are sick, who are, who have lost their jobs, who don't have anything to feed their families. And, and, 
And I think more than anything, what people are angry about is the tone deafness of our government. Like, they're being tone deaf to what people need, to what their citizens need. Instead of addressing that, magkakos pa sila ng uproar and these kinds of things. Now, I do agree that this is well-intentioned, like what Risa Honteveros was talking about in her interview with Karen Davila, that Ping Lakson was well-intentioned when he write when he wrote this bill, but there are also a lot of discrepancies in it, and we hope that there could be amendments made because um, so far they've shut down all amendments that we they were trying to put into this bill. So hopefully, it's something that they could work around with. Now, this is not the only thing that's happening on the internet part. No. Um, Apart from the anti-terror bill here in the Philippines, of course, the whole world is talking about George Floyd. And I've seen the horrendous video of what happened to George Floyd, who is a victim of police brutality. And I, I've seen a lot of friends talk about how the extrajudicial killings here in the Philippines are also a lot like yes. what happened to George Floyd in that there there was no proper um, judicial system that protected them. There was no proper way that the law was applied to them. They were just killed. Mm-hmm. And so can, can you tell us more about what's happening now, parts with um, the issue with George Floyd's killing and the protests and the riots that's happening in the States? So I have been following this nonstop. I've been watching CNN every single day, just trying to, you know, be informed on what is happening because I I grew up in, in the States. I grew up, um, you know, when I, one of my, my faintest, faintest early memories was the riots in LA. My dad telling me about them when, when this man named Rodney King, um, he had the same thing, police brutality. They beat him up and the policemen were found not guilty. Uh, and riots erupted in California. But at the time it was just a lot of anger. It was a lot of, of destruction because there wasn't social media. And it's funny that social media is one way that it, we're feeling that it's, we're being torn apart and all that, but that's also how they're coming together in the United States and, and whites, browns, blacks, you know, Asians, everyone is starting to realize that, that the system is broken and, you know, I don't agree with the writing. Uh, nobody wants to see destruction in, in any which way because that solves nothing. That No reform will go that way. But whenever I hear people from the black communities talk about it, it's nobody wanted to listen to us before. Nobody heard us. Uh, there's a guy named Colin Kaepernick who is being talked about a lot right now. He's a, he's a football player. Did you ever hear of Colin Kaepernick? Yeah. So he his protest before was that he would kneel during the the American uh, mm-hmm. national anthem because it, it was his way of protesting uh, police brutality in the U.S. And this was years ago. And it got to the point where President Donald Trump was saying, you know, it's a dis, it's a dishonor and disrespectful. It was un-American. It was un-American. Yeah. And nobody, he shouldn't be on any team. And the NFL owner should make a, make a statement and all that. And ever since then, Colin Kaepernick could not get onto a team. He was a, in essence, he was the quarterback of the football version of the NBA Finals. Mm. Okay, he got that far. And then now, and then after his protest, he couldn't make a team. 
because of that. And and now people are like, why you know why result to this violence if you know with, there are peaceful ways to do it the way that you know it and it's, it goes the same way and that's why you know I felt so connected to what John F Kennedy said. I mean, if you take away people's voices, their actions will be ten times louder. Yeah. And and it concerns me because you know what is it gonna and and the Americans. You know, I, I will give it up to them. They said enough is enough. They knew that their system is broken. At what point do you think it will take choice that the Filipino will realize that some actions need to be done? Hopefully not when it's too late. I think that's... We, we can't really say. You know, I think at this point, the Filipinos are just starting to really learn about the power of their voices and how we could actually use it to educate, empower, and make changes in our country. People are talking about, okay, how, how do you deal with this, right? With the anti-terror bill and the George Floyd and the EG, EJ case and all the other injustices that are happening here in our country and all over the world, how do you deal with this? And a lot of people are offering up ways to actually deal with it like learn and educate yourself right if okay if you were born an idiot that's not your your that's not your problem that's, yes that's not on you but if you die an idiot that's on you because the internet is here google is here news is available everywhere you have social media you have the capacity and the power the capability to educate yourself so go on ahead and do that the second one is you could actually donate to causes right if you are against this anti-terror bill if you are against extrajudicial killings if you're against what whatever is happening you could donate to organizations who are actually opting for change we're offering also petitions right for this and then the third one is you could use your voice and your vote yes you have to do that you have to do and and no change will happen unless we stand up for the things that are truthful and are right for our country and we start wanting for equality for all not just for what's comfortable for us but for our fellow citizens as well i don't know if it will ever reach to that point where we have riots all over the country obviously i'm praying against that i also want a peaceful um, culmination to all of these problems in our communities and in our country but with the effect of people being crushed and their voices being taken away constantly and continuously i don't know what will happen next honestly uh if there's anything that this year has taught us we have absolutely no idea what's in store. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I wish we, I wish there was a way that we knew we would know how to react. I wish there was a right way for us to react, um, but I, I, I don't know if we can find it. And it's so you're right. It's disheartening. It's it's frustrating, and mm -hmm. and at the same time. Our passive aggression as a people has kind of led us here. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to some of my friends and I was asking them the same thing. And I was asking, why do you think, um, you know, the, the African-American community um, has reacted like this, but it took them so long. And us Filipinos have, we're, we're not as active as, you know, the other as as african americans are and they said that we're just trying to survive we're trying to make it through 
make sure that we have enough food on the table before we worry about anything else outside our house. Yep. Then I realized it's the same thing with black America. They don't have jobs. They don't even have clean water in some areas. Mm. But they want to do it because they want to make sure that their kids are better. That the lives of their children are better. Yeah. So maybe next time if we're thinking about making a movement, don't only think about what's happening in your house. Think about what's happening for the house of the future house of your kids. How do you want the world to be for the lives of your children? Not for just your life right now. Yeah. I don't know if I, and I'm saying this as, as somebody that I, I mean, I'm, you probably, I'm not going to be out there rioting and all of that. I'm not going to say that I'm better than anyone else. All I'm saying is that I just want to make sure that if ever the day comes that I have a kid, that the world will be better for him or her, yeah. whatever that may be. I think more than anything, it's really empathy. You know, we, we, we must be empathetic to people around us. We must be empathetic to our fellow citizens. We must be empathetic to other human beings who are experiencing injustices, sufferings and pains, senseless killings all over the world and here in our country. Um, and I think being empathetic really is the first step with anything. Because when you... When you allow yourself to be filled up with empathy and then you all of a sudden will have the want for things to be better. Because if you're apathetic, the number one thing that we have to go against is apathy. Not caring about what's going on because we're not experiencing it, right? You don't know anybody close to you who's experienced EJK. You don't know anybody who's close to you who's experienced like activism or who is active in, in opposing whatever he thinks is an injustice here in, the, in our country. You don't know anybody who's black and who was killed by police brutality. That's apathy, for not caring because you're not close to it or you haven't experienced it, that's apathy. So we have to be empathetic. We have to really have empathy towards our fellow human beings and know that each and every person is of intrinsic value. That's the one lesson that we could take away from these things. And honestly, for me, I still feel like we have to do these things with knowledge, with wisdom, with peace in our hearts, or else our whole world is just going to go into chaos. If we don't set boundaries in the way that we um, set up our protests, in the way that we, we give out there. Like I was watching this video, Hanina, of uh, uh, an older, an elderly black woman whose store was looted and set on fire. And she, she was, her, her, um, her team was taking a video of her saying, you say that black lives matter. Well, I own this store and look what you did to it. You don't know who you're hurting when you do things recklessly. That's what you have to remember. So do things with wisdom, with knowledge, with education. Do it with compassion and with empathy and then pray. I think that's all we could really do at this point. Yes. Acknowledge, acknowledge that there is pain in the world. Yeah. Um. And that's why when people say all lives matter, yes, all lives matter. They do. They really, really do. And that's what Black Lives Matter is talking about. They're trying to make sure that their lives matter. And here in our country, 
we have to do the same thing. We might, we might not have the, the, the same level of racism because we don't have that many races, but we have a lot of classism in our country. Yeah. We need to make sure that every life in this country matters. If in the States they're trying to get their race in, and, and their racism done and out the window and know that, yes, indeed, black lives matter. Yes, indeed, Asian lives matter. Yes, we, we, they're trying to fix that. Here, we need to understand that lives matter. We can't, we can't express the same way that, that the African-American community talks about it because, like you said, we don't have that here. Mm-hmm. So where, where is our systematic you know, injustice? Where is that? We need to fix that. Yeah. And the only and way we can do that is through empathy. You are absolutely mm-hmm. right. And if you're listening to this podcast right now, you're, you're probably young or you're about our age. And, you know, one of the things that I, I, I feel like a lot of young people feel now is they feel, well, one, disheartened. And, and two, you probably feel like it's just overwhelming. Yes. Where do you start, right? How do you become active? How do you voice out your opinion? How do you voice and vote for change? And honestly, don't don't be disheartened. Don't feel overwhelmed. The first thing that you have to do really is to just educate yourself. You don't even have to profess it on social media. It could even be just with your friends, with your family members. If that eventually leads to you being more active on social media, spreading what you think is right and talking about what you think is right on social media, then go go on ahead and do that. But don't let the herd of people lead you. Let the truth lead you. I think that's that's what we have to say because sometimes we're so we're so pressured to say something, right? You're so pressured to say something, to follow a herd, to follow a hashtag, to use a, a trending material on social media. Don't focus on that. Focus on what the truth actually is. What is the issue here? Why are you people angry? Learn yes. about these things and eventually go on and be active about it. But But start with the foundational things first. Look for the truth and follow that. I couldn't have said it any better. I think that that's a great way that we can end this episode. Hopefully this, um, I, I, we're not looking for anyone to, to back us up in what we're saying. What mm-hmm. we're trying to do is we're going to, tr- we're trying to get people to educate themselves. We're not trying to educate you. We're trying to get you to go out and educate yourself because only you can make that decision on where you yeah. want it to go. And you know, Adulting with Joy Spring, Shot of Sanity is all about conversation. Yes. We want to start conversations. You, We don't have to agree with each other. There are many things that Aaron and I disagree with, but we still have a conversation about it because the reason why you have the liberty and the freedom to express yourself is so that we can live in a society that is diverse but unified. And that's what we're going for. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, that was today's episode of Shot of Sanity. Woo, that was, oh, that was tough. Oh, that was, that was probably, and, and I, I was telling you at the start, we needed to have this conversation because even me and you, even, you know, off air, we have not really sat down and had a conversation about it. So I love the fact that we did this. Yeah. And, you know, I think we have to acknowledge the fact that 
it is uncomfortable to talk about very much uncomfortable. it's very uncomfortable because one you're talking about the suffering of another human being two you're talking about the injustices of your government and three you're talking about the whole world going into chaos it will be uncomfortable it will be tough but you don't have to be comfortable from the very start it's just Take it step by step. Have that conversation. Then eventually, one of these days, we'll be all comfortable talking about the things that are uncomfortable. Ladies and gentlemen, we're out of here. Bye, everybody. Peace. And that's it for this episode. If you'd like to continue the conversation, go to www.joyspin.com. And if you want to support the podcast, go to patreon.com slash adultingwithjoyspring. I'll talk to you guys soon. Paalam. Paalam.